At this point, um, several years now into the increasing absurdity of what is happening on the far right of our country, coming up with uh, examples of some of the irrationality is a little like trying to choose a donut at Top Pot. There are just so many to choose from. Uh, Yet there is a recent one from the steady stream that is Ron DeSantis uh, that struck a chord with me this week for the way it ties into the theme of our story this morning, this scripture. The uh, governor of Florida has begun a full-on assault on the educational system in Florida from kindergarten through college. He is not only merely banning the teaching of a more thorough history of the United States, uh, which includes slavery and racism, he is literally criminalizing it. And the incredibly revealing catchphrase he has given this evil work is the Stop Woke Act. The Stop Woke Act. He literally proclaimed proudly that Florida is where woke goes to die. This would be funny if it weren't for instances like Tyree Hill. To DeSantis and other white nationalists, the ideas behind the term woke are threatening and need to be eliminated. But the word was early on used to describe being socially aware and empathetic to racial and social justice issues. And it shares the same root of the word awake. This is what some people in this country want to stop. They want people to be socially unaware and uncaring about racial and social justice issues. They want people, they would rather have people sleep. That is exactly the opposite of what God wants for all people, especially followers of Jesus Christ. Jesus revealed to us that God's desire is for the poor and the downcast to be lifted up, the weak and the sick to be strengthened and healed and protected, for prisoners of all sorts to be set free, for debtors to be forgiven. That is what Jesus lived and what Jesus taught. And in this morning's story, we hear directly from God that Jesus is the one to whom we should be listening and following. In fact, for this brief moment in this story, The reality that Jesus is God on earth in flesh and blood is visibly revealed. And this story is the only time in all of the scriptures of and the the stories about Jesus. This is the only time that this ever happens, even including the Easter story. And the three disciples on the mountain with Jesus, almost missed it. They almost missed it because they were very sleepy, we heard. They weren't awake. But when they finally woke up, they saw it. 
and they got it. Again, this is a unique story in the whole record of Jesus's life on earth. They, they said his, his face was transformed while they were looking and, and his clothes were as bright as a flash of lightning. As I said, even on Easter, this didn't happen. In that story, the angels that were uh, saying he wasn't here in the tomb, the angels' clothes appeared luminous. But Mary thought Jesus was the gardener. There was nothing transformed about his, his face and his, his clothing. We don't know exactly what happened uh, on the mountain. Peter, James, and John tried to explain this years later. Uh, Luke is trying to explain it. But all of it is with language that just can't capture whatever it was that happened. But whatever it was, it was spectacular. Unlike anything that had ever been seen before or afterward. In fact, years and years later, uh, when Peter is nearing death, it still fills him with wonder to recall it. He writes, um, we weren't, you know, just wishing on a star when we uh, laid the facts out before you about Jesus. We were there for the preview. We saw it with our own eyes, Jesus resplendent with light from God the Father as the voice of the majestic glory spoke, this is my son. We were there on the holy mountain with him. We heard the voice out of heaven with our very own ears. We couldn't be more sure of what we saw and heard. God's glory, God's voice. And when Peter remarks there about hearing the voice of God, the context and the contents of what God said take on extreme importance because of those who were there with him on the mountain with Jesus. First and foremost, somehow Moses and Elijah were there. And again, we don't know how they knew that it was Moses and Elijah. I don't think they were wearing name tags, but they somehow knew it was them. These were two of the greatest leaders in the history of God's people. And they also represented essentially uh, the law and the prophets of the Hebrew scriptures, which is a, a huge bulk of God's word to the, the people of the time. They are both there, Moses and Elijah. In addition, though, and I think this is important to take note of, Peter himself is also there. Peter became the first leader of what became known as the Christian church uh, and became one of the most important leaders ever in the history of Christianity. He is there too with the leaders of the past and yet the voice of God singles out Jesus out of all those who are there. Again, this is my son uh, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. God says that even in the presence of Moses, Elijah, and Peter. 
This event was one of the most important ever for convincing Peter, James, John, and the other disciples with whom they shared this story eventually. This was one of the most important experiences that proved to them, that revealed to them that Jesus was truly God on earth in flesh and blood. And that it is Jesus Christ to whom we give priority in all that we believe and do. Again, Peter emphasizes that in the letter towards the end of his life. He's saying, I know you've heard it. I know you're practicing it. And I'm going to say it again. Jesus is the one. We were there. We saw God's glory in Jesus. And the voice saying, this is my son. For a brief moment, Peter, James, and John beheld the glory of God here on earth in Jesus. And that experience changed them and stayed with them for the rest of their lives. But again, they almost missed it. They almost didn't get it chance to see it because they were very sleepy. It's hard to stay awake. The question that arises for me or arose for me this week in reading this story is how often do I miss it? How often do I miss a glimpse of God's glory or hearing God's voice? We need to acknowledge that none of us has ever had an experience like they had on the mountain, nor will any of us ever have that intense of a, or spectacular an experience this side of death. That's the reason it's included in these stories about Jesus, because it was truly a unique event. And yet, in ways that are grand and subtle, God's glory comes to us in the midst of everyday life. In some ways, I think it's often easier for us or easiest for us to experience those moments through beauty. The sun rising on Mount Rainier or an orchestra in full force. There's, there's something that sort of catches our breath because it's so beautiful. But we also catch glimpses of it in, in much more ordinary circumstances in our everyday. Maybe seeing a, a child comfort another child on a playground or witnessing a completely unexpected act of kindness from one person you would never expect it to come from. Those, those, those brief glimpses of, of something beyond just our regular brokenness and, and darkness and frustration. But even more available to us is the presence of Jesus and the voice of Jesus, which again, God says, listen to him. Jesus is the one to whom we are encouraged to listen. We have his words in scripture and we have his Holy Spirit at work 
in our lives and in our world every day. The trick is, or the key is, to be awake to it, to be awake to him. As William Barclay saw it, he comments on this phrase, when they were fully awake, they saw his glory. He writes, in life, we miss so much because our minds are asleep. Through prejudice, through mental lethargy, through the love of ease. But life is full of things which are designed to awaken us. There's sorrow. There's love. There is the sense of need. There's the sense of empathy and awareness of what's happening around us. Or this from N.T. Wright. We often find it completely bewildering to know how to understand all that God is doing and saying, both in our times of great joy and in our times of great sadness. But the word that comes to us is the word that came from the cloud on that strange day. This is my son, the chosen one. Listen to him. God does not want us to be unaware and uncaring. God wants us to be awakened and alive to our lives and to the lives of others. As Peter puts it in our New Testament passage. This is the post to which I've been assigned, keeping you alert with frequent reminders. And so I am especially eager that you have this all down in black and white so that you will have it there after I am gone. We saw it. The the preview. We were there for the preview. We saw it with our own eyes. Jesus resplendent with light from God the Father as the voice of the majestic glory spoke. This is my son. We were there on the holy mountain with him. We heard the voice. We couldn't be more sure of what we saw and heard. God's glory and God's voice. You'll do well to keep focusing on it. I love this. It's the one light you have in a dark time. It's the one light we have in a dark time as we wait for daybreak and the rising of the morning star in our hearts and in our world. Thanks be to God.